Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you. Enjoy. Oh, man. Hey, first of all, let's just acknowledge that coat. Like, that, that, that's giving me uh, Matrix vibes, right? It's just me? No, it's all of us, right? Yes, yes, yes. Can I borrow that? No. Okay. All right. Well, friends, we are um, concluding one of our hottest series. When I say hot, it's because it seems like we've gotten so much feedback on it, and it's talking about all kinds of things we need to quit. And uh, so we start off. We start off talking about the life you want to that you need to quit. Uh, then we talked about the God you need to quit believing in. Uh, we talked about the Bible you need to quit reading. I mean, like not reading it superficially but deeply. Uh, last week we talked about the. Uh, actually, Pastor Kristen talked about the church you need to quit. And I'm so glad you're here. So that's good. <laughs> that's good, right? Um, but uh, today I want to talk about the Christian you need to quit being. The Christian, you need to quit being. Question for you. Um, have you ever thought, man, I don't know if I'm a good Christian? Yeah. Come on, come on, come on. Okay, all of you are, uh, the people who did not raise their hands, you're like, I'm, I'm killing it right now <laughs> as a Christian. So I got it on lockdown. Okay, well, I don't. I don't. I never have. Um, it's, it's a struggle. It started off early on for me. Uh, it did. I grew up Muslim. If you guys don't know, I grew up Muslim and I came to the States when I was 18, 19, and then found, not found Jesus. He found me. But anyways, it was a, it was, it was, a, we found each other. Um, but it was, it was, uh, it was supernatural anyways and uh but then i had to learn all the things and so this was early on i was trying to learn some stuff and all that but i had friends that were either muslim or they were they were uh, uh, hindus and and so this i was in back in college and so i remember in college i had this one friend and uh, we had uh, he was an indian guy and i would always talk to him about following jesus like talk to him about how jesus is the way and and uh he was a you know hindu and and uh we had these great debates about jesus and anyways one, one day in particular i was <laughs> i can't believe it I, we were in a diner and we were having lunch and i was literally talking to him about jesus but then all of a sudden, this guy walks in, and this guy is, uh, he is Arab, okay? He's Arab. I know it because we kind of look alike, you know what I'm saying? You know, not that we all do, okay? We don't all look alike, but you know the Arab, Arab vibe. So I'm like, I know you, and I've seen him on campus. And, but this time, he was coming towards me, and I was like super excited. So I was like, oh, this is great. So he comes up to the, our table. I'm, I introduce him to my uh, Indian friend, and we start talking. He was like, assalamu alaikum, and we we're talking a little bit Arabic and this and that. And then uh, in the conversation, he goes, oh, so man, it is so good to see someone like, you know, like some of us here. You know, I mean, when he means us, he means means Arab immigrants. You know what I'm saying? So he's like, yeah, it's awesome. And he says, oh, so you're a, you're a, um, you're Muslim, right? And I go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Of course I am. And, he, and, my, and my Indian friend looks at me and goes, you're Muslim again? Because I just told him that how to be a Christian. I just told him about this radical experience I had. Okay, and so, and then the guy, the Arab guy, is like, oh, okay, okay. He says, so what, what is that? When he pointed, I had a necklace on. It was a cross. And here's what I said. I said, oh, it's just fashion. <laughs> oh, please, first of all, don't judge me. Okay? This section joins a judge. You guys are not judgmental, right? You guys feel sorry for me. Okay, this is a lot of pressure. Okay, I found my, my people, and my people think I'm Muslim, and I'm not. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I can, no, I'm not, but yes, uh, I don't know why I did it, but I said it. I was like, and then he said, okay, okay, that's great, that's great, awesome. And then he left, and my Hindu friend was like, oh, so, huh, huh. So you want me to become a Christian because, oh. It was a rough night. It was a rough night. But, for, but the truth is, is that I've had my journey trying to figure out how to be a, a, uh, how to be a Christian, how to be a f- follower of Jesus. And it's tough. I mean, it's tough for all of us. I mean, regardless of how you grew up, it's just tough in this culture. I mean, sometimes you're in a conversation, in a meeting, in a party, uh, in, co- in college, and then you bring up the fact that you're a follower of Jesus, and it just kind of ends, right? The conversation ends, gets, gets a little strange. For me, it does all the time because, I mean, I'm, I'm a pastor as well, and so people don't expect, they, when they ask me what I do, they're not expecting pastor. They're not at, ever, ever. And in meetings, I can see it in their faces, I go, I'm a pastor. They go, okay. And I've literally had people just walk off. I'm like, come on, man, I'm, but I'm good. I'm a good guy. I'm a good guy. I got, got interesting things to say. And they just leave. They just leave. It's just so tough, you know? That's why I say, tell people I'm Muslim. In parties, I'm Muslim. No, I don't. Some of you guys are like, are you serious? Because you have a lying issue, obviously. First of all, it was a long time ago. Second of all, I think we're all growing as followers of Jesus. And for some of us, I think we need to quit being certain kinds of followers of Jesus. Stop being, quit being certain kinds of Christians. When Jesus, in fact, showed up uh, to, um, to the world and he began talking to the Jewish people, he had some people who were really uh, into the Torah. I mean, obviously they all had the Old Testament and so they're all about it. They're all about it. But as you have ever read the, the New Testament, especially the teachings of Jesus, he begins to like, you know, re, redefine or reclaim what it means uh, to live a certain kind of life and to reclaim some of the Old Testament uh, commandments. So he's like, he'll say stuff like, you know what? I know you've heard it say, but I'm telling you this. Uh, and the biggest issue in, in when he was doing that was not with people like everyday people. It was actually uh, religious people. It was people that uh, were either rabbis, they were Pharisees, religious teachers. And they had the biggest issue with them. And see, I think the problem is sometimes is that as we, uh, and if you're not a, if you're not like, you know, a Christian and you're watching and you're listening to this and you're invited here, and you're like, I'm not quite sure, sure I'm a Christian. Well, you're going to love this message because we're going to talk about some things, and you're like, you know what? Amen to that. So you're going to do that, okay? But when Jesus showed up, his whole thing was, hey, there's, there's the problem that's going on over here. In fact, he was so fired up about it. Let me read you this first passage of scripture, okay? It's found in Matthews, and it says this. Okay, Jesus says, uh, what does he say? What's that first word? Help me out. What's that word? Okay, let's do it again. One more time. Whoa. Now do it again. This is better. Yeah, whoa, to you. I want to start talking like that, by the way. Okay, (laughs) teachers of the law, you Pharisees, you what? Help me out. Hypocrites. 
You hypocrites, you travel over land and sea to win a single convert. And when you have succeeded, when you succeeded, you make them, this is not hilarious, but you make them twice as much of a child of hell as you are. What? Now, Jesus is, uh, he's, he's fired up. He's like, let me tell you what the problem is. The problem is you guys are hypocrites and you, you're making people out, you're turning them, you're converting them, and then you're training them into be little, little devils. This is Jesus talking. So if he was talking, uh, if he were to say this to the modern church right now, would he, would he say that? Would he say that? As I was thinking about this, do some research, I came across this t-shirt. Now, we've got a merch store, like, you know, a mosaic merch store. And, uh, but anyways, I, I, I don't know why I found this t-shirt. And I thought, man, this t-shirt actually communicates this passage of scripture. If Jesus designed a t-shirt based on the scripture, based on this thought, this is what the t-shirt would say. Okay. You guys want to see it? Anybody want to see it? Okay, okay. Okay. Let's put it on. Let's put it up. Let's see, let's see if you got this t-shirt on there. Okay. Here it is. This is it. This is it. Here, did you hear it? That'd be hilarious. You're all disappointments. <laughs> like, I, that was funny. It's also available on the merch store, Mosaic Merch. No, it's not. No, it's not. But it'd be funny. I know some of you guys are like, that's not a nice name. I know, but it's funny. Okay. All right. Anyways. All right. So Jesus is telling the people who are professional religious people, there's something you need to quit doing. You, you can't live this certain way. And I think for us as, as followers of Jesus, as Christians, there are certain things we just need to quit doing. Maybe we're tempted to do. Maybe you're thinking, you know what? I'm not really a great Christian. Maybe I, I, I have struggles with denying you know, or, or admitting that I'm a Christian. I've got all those. I just, I, I, here's good news. The good news is I'm going to give you four things, four things that will let you basically say, okay, okay, if I just don't do that, I'm good. Okay, so I want to go through actually the sermon, the, the, not the best sermon, but this is called the Sermon on the Mount. It's chapters five and six. There are two chapters, and this is just Jesus talking, and he's talking about a lot of things. And the issue with this, this, this whole sermon of his is that there are some very practical things that you have heard, and I've heard, but they're very hard to live out. Extremely hard to live out. And that's why, honestly, a lot of people don't like talking about it. We'd rather talk about Old Testament. We'd rather talk about letters that Paul wrote, because if you really read the teachings of Jesus and then try to live them out, oh, it would would be a different kind of people. We would have a different kind of church. Everybody has an idea of what the church is. Everybody has a thought of what Christians look like, right? Everybody goes like, when you say Christian, it means something. And is it positive or is it negative? Okay, it can, be, it can be a little louder. Positive or negative? Negative. It's usually negative. I mean, that's the real reality of it. Let's not deny it. So here are the four things that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through this, this. It's a huge sermon, okay? And I'm going to look at certain parts and four things I think that if we just stop doing, it would really help the movement of Jesus and it would allow us to be the Christians that Jesus wants us to be. Again, Christians literally means little Christ. So let's jump into it. The first one, the first one, I think Jesus wants us to be people who do not have a loud mouth. Let's just say it, a loud what? Mouth. Do you know a Christian who has a loud mouth? Anybody? Okay, are you related to someone who has a loud mouth? Okay, and I don't mean like literally loud mouth. I mean like they like to put stuff on Facebook. They have discovered Instagram. They, they, now they're on X, is it called X? 
X. They, I mean, they've got an opinion about everything. And you know what? It's their God-given spiritual gift to proclaim it. <laughs> they're going to do it. Why? Because they're vessels of the Lord Jesus. They're going to do it. Now, I'm not saying we don't need to live our faith out loud, but there's a whole difference between that and being a loud mouth. Very, very different. Very different. So Jesus starts off, right? He says this. When he starts off in uh, chapter 5, he says this. And this is the, um, uh, this is the uh, message translation, which is the, it's actually paraphrased, okay? Because, but it gives a little context. <laughs> this is how it reads. It says, let me tell you why you're here. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be what? Salt, salt seasoning. Just let's stop right there. Salt seasoning. Jesus talks about this being salt and light, right? Salt seasoning. Question for you. How many of you have ever oversalted anything? You know it's, it's ruined. It's over. Have you ever tried to salvage something that you oversalted? Eggs, for example. I've done that. You take the parts out, you're like, oh, gosh, what happened? It's ruined. It's over. And I have, uh, I, 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 I just am not a good salter. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't know. I get distracted and all of a sudden I'm like, what, what is this? What happened? What happened? And you can't do it. Jesus is talking to us about how to be in the world as humans, as followers of his. And he says, the first thing I need you to do is I need you to, when it comes to your words, I need you to understand you are a seasoning to people. You are salt seasoning. And here's what you do. It says here, you bring out the what? God, what? Flavor of this earth. Like you and I have a special calling to bring out certain things by our words. So I don't know about you, but there are certain people in my life that bring out the best in me just by their words. I mean, I'm around them and I just, I'm just better. Like I want to be around people who bring out the best. They bring out their words, literally bring out potential out of me. And then on the flip side, I have people who, who don't bring out, they put in by their words, they put in their deepest fears and concerns in me. So when, if, if, if I'm a parent, which I am, if I talk to my kids, like always like putting in my deepest concerns and fears, I'm not bringing out the best. I'm putting in their worst concerns because I don't trust them. I don't trust anybody. I'm just putting it. I'm speaking out the fears. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do this. And what about this? And what about that? What about that? And you know what? If, if, if this happens, then it's all going to waste. And it's just, there's so many scenarios of people having opinions about things and it's always doomsday. The world's going to end and this is going to be awful and you're going to do this and that's going to happen and this didn't happen. And then Jesus shows up and says, let me tell you, you Pharisees who are doing this religious people, let me, you're going to be tempted, tempted to tempted to oversalt to just the, yeah, because you're like, I need to be, we need to proclaim. We need to proclaim for sure, but you got to pray just as much. Like uh, your words have to be uh, not just bold because they're just like, you want to say them, but they've got to be brave. Like that means they've got to be courageous to say the things that really bring out the, you, you can't have preloaded and um, uh, responses, even scripture. Just kind of like, have you ever met someone who like, when you tell them something and you're like, and they give you a verse and you're like, man, that was preloaded. You're ready for that. Let's not do that. That was a gun thing, but 
Let's not, let's delete that whole thing, okay? But it is preloaded. It's like, that's what they always say. Well, he says, no, you, 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 you're not supposed to be an echo of your religious traditions. You're supposed to be a voice for the gospel, a voice of good news, what God has done. And the gospel, I don't know about you, brings out the best in people, doesn't speak the worst in people. So if you are good with that, if you're like, you know what, I got that on lockdown, then you're good. Number two, let me give you another one, okay? Quit being a Christian that has a small mind. Small mind. You're like, have you met a person who has a small mind? Does, it, does, it, does, does the world out there, do people think that, they think of Christians, they go, they're the most open-minded people in the world. Oh my gosh. They, 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 which, which is ridiculous because we should be. Like we believe in, we believe in ridiculous things. Like we believe that God is, is invisible infinite his spirit lives inside of us we are temples of god's spirit i mean you know you believe this you're supposed to believe this like the the the, the, G, the god sent himself in human form the christ son called jesus and then gave his life for us to redeem us i mean these are ridiculous things i mean but yet christians are known to have the smallest minds like, why is that? And for some reason, we, we, we think that's actually good because we're like, no, 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 no. You know what? You know what? The Bible says it. I believe it. And that settles it. That's it. No, no, no. And for some reason, science and Jesus have been enemies for some reason. Why? Do you know the people who were looking for Jesus when no one else was looking? It wasn't Jewish rabbis, teachers, anything. They were actually called the, for extra credit, they were called the mag, the magi. You know the magi literally means magician, sorcerers. Some would say astrologers, not Jewish people, people from a different faith. They were the only ones in the Christmas story in the story we know, who are looking for Jesus. They were the ones looking at the stars, looking up. And yet, I don't know why we, we've created uh, followers of Jesus that we think they need to be small-minded. No, we don't. We need to explore more and more and more. I remember when we did a series called Reimagine God several years ago, and I had to sit down with a couple because they were so concerned. They were like, what are you doing? You're changing everything. Like, like, I'm like, changing what? He's like, why, why, why do you have to keep saying we need to reimagine God? We don't need to reimagine God. I was like, really? We don't. She's like, no, we don't. We figured him out. We know who he is. And I literally started, I mean, I was chuckling inside. I was like, you know who he is? You know everything about God. Like, there's no more, no more, nothing more to see. No more to discover. Because there are literally passages that talk about that my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are a lot higher than yours. So I said, I said, hey, listen, I don't, I could never claim that. You can. But as a church of Mosaic, we're going to keep 
keep exploring who God is to find out more and more. We're going to dig into the scriptures and find out more and more truths about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. We have to have the largest minds out there. We've we got to do this. And we, we have, if we have like small minds, friends, we have small minds. We just, we, we, we end up being people that no one wants to really process things with. Because they go, then this is, this is they already know what they believe. So we have, to, we, have to, we have to quit that. Here's what Jesus said. He says this. He goes on from that story of salt. And then he says, let me tell you this. Um, he says in Matthew 5, 14, he says, here's another way to put it. You're here to be, you're here to be what? Light. Bringing out the God, what? Colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. He's going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If you make, if I make you, if I make you light bears, okay, which I, which I have, do, do, you, do you think I'm going to uh, hide you under a bucket? Do you? No, he says, I'm putting you on a light stand now that I've put you uh, there on a hilltop, on a light stand. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to, what's that word? Shine. Do you know what light does, friends? It illuminates. It illuminates everybody. And so we need to be open-minded and allow that spirit of openness to bring out people and, and not just expose their sin, but maybe, maybe comfort their hurts. Maybe shine a light, not to flash, not a flashlight that like we're busting them, you know? Uh, no, it's, it's where we create an environment where you go, you know what, have, have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? Light illuminates by itself. And Jesus is saying, I need you to understand, just quit Quit, like, not wanting to illuminate. It, there's more, more out there. So the first thing is big mouth. Second thing was small what? Small mind. Okay, the next one, the third one, is have a cold heart. A cold heart. What does it mean to have a cold, cold heart? Man, what does it mean? Okay, Matthew five forty three. Jesus says, You're familiar with this old written law. Okay, help me out. What does it say? Love your, love your friend. Now, this is, again, paraphrase, right? And it says, and it's an unwritten companion, hate your enemy, which we're like, you know what? We got that on. We're good. We're good. This works. This is good. This is good. Okay? Our hearts can take that. And then Jesus says, I am what? I am challenging that. I'm telling you to love your enemies. And then he says this. I love the way this, uh, this is paraphrased. He says, let them, which is, who's them? The enemy, people you don't like. Okay, I know, I know we don't have like serious enemies, but we have people that really get under our nerves. Anybody? Anybody? Make some noise if you do, right? Are they at work? They're at work, right? Okay, they're at home? No, don't do that. Don't, don't raise your hand. Okay, okay. He says, let them... Let them bring out, check this out, bring out the what? The best, not the worst. What Jesus is literally saying here is that you and I have relationships where we were like, you know what? This person brings out the worst in me because it's easy to dislike them and be annoyed by them, maybe even hate them, just totally just like, I don't like them. And he says, I need you to be, uh, I need you to have a heart that when you have people like that in your life, I need you to react in a certain way to soften your heart so much where they actually bring out the best in you. 
They bring out the best version of you. That means when you choose to be when you choose to be loving and kind, when you choose to be merciful, regardless how they're acting, when you choose to do the right thing, you are developing yourself to be the best person that God wants you to be. Actually, you're, you are acting like Jesus at that moment. And that's what Jesus was saying. You want to look like me? You want to act like me? Here's what I do. Everybody who is against me, I love them. And friends, that is hard. That's hard to do. In church, it's so hard to do. That's why at Mosaic, we have this, we, we talk about like different cultures that we have and, and the values that we have. One of our key values at Mosaic is, is kindness. Like we have a culture of kindness. Like if you're going to be a jerk, be a jerk somewhere else. It's, you're the, the, the jerks are the only people that are not allowed at Mosaic. I mean, if, you're, if you were a jerk and you're getting better, we got a place for you. We got a place for you. You're like, man, I cuss a lot. That's okay. We're okay. Okay, that's all right. Come on in. But I'm just saying, being unkind is not, we're not going to tolerate that. We can't, we can't tolerate that. We, 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 we just, we, we can't do it based on the teachings of Jesus. We, we can't do it. And here's the thing, when churches are unkind, Here's what happens. People hit a moment in life and they, 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 they thought they were going to do this and that and whatever. They made some choices, bad ones maybe even, and they fall. Something happens. They get a divorce. They're, they lose something. I mean, it's, it's, it's tragic. And the problem is, is that churches that are not kind and people who are not kind, they are not a soft place for people to land when they fall. Like think about your life. Like, are you a soft place for your kids, for your friends? What does that mean? That means like they know your heart. It, you, you, they, can, you, they can fall, trip up, sin, drop, and it's always not going to be a hard place. It's going to be a soft place for them to fall. And it's always going to be a safe place. Like, are you a safe place? Are we, as Christians, a safe place for people to process their doubts about everything? And friends, here's the problem. We're not. Can I just be honest with you? We're not. That's why Jesus was like, woe to you. Like, what are you doing? What, what, what are you doing? Like, the, you, you're, 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 you're supposed to be the safest place. And so, friends, as Christians, if you can't figure everything else out, Make sure you have a kind heart, not a cold heart. And I meet, I meet too many guys who are in my profession. And I'll tell you, the longer you get, you know, do what I do, sometimes you interact with pastors that I'm like, man, what happened to your heart, man? It's not even like, there's actually a joke among pastors. You know what they say? You might not know this. Here's the joke, okay? And I despise it, okay? The joke is this. Ministry would be great if it weren't for the people, it's all about the people. It's all about people. And friends, I've had to, we've all had to work hard to man still love and still believe in humanity. We got to have a kind heart. All right, last one. Last one. We have to have a we 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 have to quit having lazy, lazy hands. Can you say that? Lazy what? Lazy hands. Okay, so we talked about, let's see, let's see. Uh, we talked about quitting, like stop having a cold heart, uh, small mind, and a big what? Big what? Big mouth. 
Lastly, lazy hands. Lazy hands. What does that mean? What does that look like? What does it mean to have to be lazy? Well, I mean, you, I'm not talking about your individual life, but as followers of Jesus, when we're lazy, what happens is, is that, that churches and people, groups of people sit um, idly by. Uh, they're, they're, they, they, in fact, uh, are so passive uh, when it comes to injustice in the world. They become complicit in some of the things. For example, like this month starts Black History Month. And I remember like when we began to like really um, talk about just the racial injustice here in our world. And the last several years, we've had, you know, a lot of conversations of the I mean, last four or five years. There's been just this, this uh, groundswell of, of conversations. People are talking about the fact that there's, there's so many churches even that just sat around and didn't do anything to move the civil rights movement forward. And see, for some churches, it's like, you know what? It wasn't our fault. It's not, it wasn't our fight. And we're not, we're not part of that. And that's not cool. That's actually not cool. That's, that's lazy. That's going, you know what? We're passive and everybody else can do whatever. That's not, we have to do the work. Lazy hands means that we are actually working to create the culture, the earth, the world that God died for. Like, as in, like, we're, we're, not, we're not building churches kind of like we're building arcs to leave. No, we're building bridges so we can live at, with peace with one another. That God has a work for us to do. Like, so when he sa- saved you, when he gave this presence, his presence to you, that doesn't mean he, I mean, if he didn't have work for us to do, he would have just thought, okay, now that you know Jesus, let's just be dead because let's go up to heaven. But that's not the plan at all. The plan is for him to give us his power, his spirit to do a work. And that means we have to put our hands at work to do and create certain things. That's why mosaic is so important because having a multi-ethnic church, a diverse church is extremely hard, extremely hard. And not everybody wants to, is down with it. Why? Because it's just easy, friends, to be lazy when it comes to, like, I just want to hang around with my own people, and I just want to do whatever, you know, just be with people that, that, that look the same and act the same and be the same. That's all I want. And friends, that is spiritual laziness. It is. But when people look at other people and they, they dive into cultures, they dive into the uniqueness of people, and they, then they, they sit down with people and try to understand them. Have you ever tried to have a conversation with someone who does not speak the language? Anybody? I have with you guys. <laughs> yeah. You're like, no, man. No, really. With you guys. Man, for years, I, had, I, I knew half of the stuff people were saying. Especially because I, I, I went to South Carolina, and there, that's, a different, that's, a di- that's a whole different English, religion, language, all that kind of stuff. But it, it's, 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 it's taking the time to do it. And it's a hard thing to do, but we have to do it. You know, I remember what broke my heart um, when George Floyd uh, riots and all kinds of things were happening around that time. Um, Ashley, my wife, uh, during one of the, our services, uh, stood up here, and she stood in the gap like she basically said, hey, if you're a person of color, if you're black, I, I, I don't understand what you're going through, but I see you and I see that it's hard right now for you to be in this culture. I, I get that. Okay. And I was like, that was so beautiful. It reminded me because 9-11, you guys remember 9-11? Uh, well, I'm, 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 I grew up Muslim. So I was on staff at a church during 9-11. And right when that happened, the week after, I got up 
at that church and stood around thousands of people. And I just, I stood in the gap and I said, hey, I, I just want to apologize for maybe the group of people I represent, the way they've hurt you. Now, it, it was, it was it, uh, did it make me a terrorist? Okay, the answer is no. <laughs> Say it with me, everybody. They're like, I don't know, man. I don't know. You look like them. You know what? Shut it. <laughs> did, was, was I a terrorist? No. Did I have to do that? No. But what I did was to just say, hey, I'm sorry. And so Ashley did the same thing. She's a white person, just, just acknowledging that. Man, the next week I sat down with a white couple and they were mad. They were like, how dare Ashley apologize for us? We didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. The guy was like, I didn't do anything. I'm like, hey, man, that's not the point, bro. That's not the point. The point is what we're trying to do here is we're trying to do the work here of creating bridges, trying to cre- do the work of creating like what heaven is going to be like. It's, it's how we, do, it's, it's, it's getting, it's understanding the different cultures come together. We got to make something beautiful. We got we to gotta do this. And that requires us acknowledging the pain that maybe one group has caused the other group. Like that, that's why we're doing this. It's like, well, I didn't, I, you need to stop doing that. And then the wife was like, you know what also you need to stop doing, Naeem? You need to stop using the word diverse. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? And I, I smiled because I know her. I was like, what? She's like, why do you have to keep talking about diverse? Why? We're all the same. First of all, you're not. We're not, not. we're not the same. Oh, I don't see color. Oh, well, you must be blind. Like, what? What, what is wrong with you? God created us uniquely to see all the God colors. We, we need to, see, we acknowledge people's uniqueness. And then I told her, I was like, listen, hey, hey, the, the word diversity, the whole, it's implied in our name. The, our church is called what? Mosaic. Do you know what mosaic means? It's different people. I said, I can't even actually talk about any of Jesus' stories without bringing up diversity, because every time I bring up the Samaritan story, what am I supposed to say? He wasn't a Samaritan, he was just that dude? (laughs) Like, all these stories, the woman at the well, I mean, she's from a different place, I mean, all these stories, how do you do this? It's a centurion story. I mean, all these, you can't do that. So what does that mean? That means is for us to understand the scriptures that says, hey, we actually have to do work. Let me read you a story, actually a, a saying of Jesus that we have not understood because we haven't un- dig into the depth of the culture of what he's saying here. So you've heard this, okay? It's Matthew 5. It says, you have heard that it was said, eye for an eye and tooth for a what? Tooth. But I tell you, do not resist the evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek. What also? You've heard that, right? Turn the other cheek. And the problem with most followers of Jesus is we ignore this or we go, you know what? I know it says that it would be in a perfect world, but I'm not doing it. Let's be honest. And we also think it's passive. Now, let me just... In, Interpret this in a Jewish or a Middle Eastern culture. In a Middle Eastern culture, when you slap someone, that's very disrespectful, more than anything else. And you know how in the U.S. maybe it's more like punching, or but, but slapping is a big deal. Jesus literally says this, and those people understood. He said, turn the other cheek. So if I were going to slap someone, the only way to slap them on the other cheek was 
this? Or how do you do it? You slap, and the person turns the cheek. What do you do? You what? You backhand them. You know what Jesus was saying here? He said, when someone slaps you, turn and do something that shows them the injustice. Show them what they're doing. Show them that they're not treating the other person as human. You don't backhand anybody. That is a sign of like, it's not just bad for the person. It's bad for the person what doing it. It's like shooting someone in the back kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's that kind. Show them that they're not actually being human and not treating people with dignity. Show them that they don't have any dignity. He says, do that. We think it's passive. It's not. He goes on. You remember he says, hey, when someone tells you to walk a mile, walk two. You know what he was saying there? Because Roman soldiers were allowed to ask Jewish people because they were oppressing them. Okay, they thought them as slaves, that anyone, they could stop and ask them to walk a mile. Take my stuff and walk it a mile. It doesn't matter. Why? Because we're oppressing you. You are slave labor. So when Jesus said, hey, remember the, the, the whole idea of like when someone tells you to walk a mile? Then Jesus says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to walk two. The second mile is reminding them that you are free to do whatever you want to do. Do not, even though they want to put you in slavery, you walk in freedom. You do it out of your own will, not by a will that's pushed down on you. What do you think this thing is about? You think this is a passive passage? No, at all. not at all. It's about showing injustice of people. It's showing people, hey, live out your humanity and remind people that they need to treat each other as humans. So when that, when that soldier goes, what are you doing? He's like, I'm walking another mile just for you because you don't control me. I'll do what you tell me to do, but I'll do it out of my own free will in the second mile. See, we can't be lazy people. The work of Jesus is hard. So that's why, let me just tell you right now, a practical way is for you to jump on and help us create this because we are not called to be lazy people, but to do the work. Now, Pastor Mike will go into detail about this, but that's why we do this, friends. It's a hard work that we have to do. And so let's quit those, right? Let's just quit. Let's just quit being people who have a small mind. Let's quit being people that have opinions about everything because we think that's God's way. No, no, let's, 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 let's quit. Let's quit being um, people who, who just have cold hearts because we just, we care more about, I don't know what, than empathy. Let's, let's be people who, and who truly act like Jesus, who takes the words of Jesus and lives them out and, and creates a better future, not just for us in heaven, but for everyone here on earth. See, that's what changes the game. And so my prayer is, that you would do that, that we would do that. And then we would see um, a, a re, kind of a revival of sorts of people, just these, this, this true movement of Jesus really expanding where, where saying and calling yourself a Christian is in fact a compliment um, and not, a, not one of those just things that def, gives you a label of some kind. So that's my prayer. Here's what I want to do. 
I want to pray for us. Uh, I also want to do this. I also want to give you a chance to um, look this over, okay? So we're going to take a chance to look this over because, like I said, friends, what we're trying to create takes people, and we need people on the team to volunteer. All, all, this, all the stuff that the, the, the positions are all listed and all that. Again, Mike will give you uh, more directions on that. But let me pray for us. Lord God, I thank you so much. So much for this conversation. So much the fact that, God, that you are challenging us to be people that not just follow religion and, and are, 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 are trying to be good. God, we are people who actually do good. That we live out your teachings. We live out your words. God, that we are people who, who, who bring out the best in people. God, that we are a safe place for people to process their pain and their sin. That God, that we are, we're not passive people, God. We're active people. We're doing the work. Doing, doing the work, God. We're doing the work. And God, that we are, we're people, God, that I truly love you. I want to live like you. So Father, I pray, would you help us? Would you lead us? And God, as we take some time to just even ponder some practical ways of how we could serve, God, a lot, speak to us, I pray. Speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.